you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Hi everyone, I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. Hi, everyone. It is John C. Morley here, serial entrepreneur, and welcome to another great episode of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. I can't believe it, friends. We are on the last Friday of August. That means the next time you see me, it's going to be September, specifically September 2nd. I mean, that's pretty cool. And then we're into, uh, of course, the the special weekend we we're in the special weekend i should say of when um people are trying to get back to school and stuff like that and what do we call that time well we have two times that are important memorial day which is when summer starts right and we have labor day when everybody gets ready to go back to school and things get back to a different mode, which is out of vacation mode. So we have a lot to share with you on this episode of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. I know you're really uh, going to uh, appreciate that. So first thing um, I want to share with you is we've had a lot of talk about this, but Google uh, starts labeling medical facilities that provide abortions to reduce confusion. Now, this is interesting uh, that Google is starting uh, to perform you know, labeling uh, for the abortion um, uh, designation. And so why did this happen? I think it's because a lot of ladies that are looking for help in this area are getting confused with just clinics and then they get there and then they get bad mouth and all this other stuff. So Google said um, not too long ago, uh, in prominently labeling healthcare facilities that offer abortion services in its search and maps products to help reduce confusion for women looking up nearby clinics that perform the procedure, close quote. So this is pretty interesting. And uh, now another part of a quote, I want to quote, the move follows pressure from Democratic lawmakers to rethink its abortion-related search results in the wake of Roe versus Wade's demise, close quote. So um, interesting that they're doing this. And uh, I think it's going to reshape the whole tobacco of, you know, where things are going with abortion. I'm not here to speak on that one way or another, but I do want to let you know that the fact that they're getting Google 
to make this change is very big. We all know that when Google does something, everyone else seems to follow. Even if they don't want to, it just seems like they do follow. And we'll just have to keep an eye and see what, you know, what is that going to mean for us? What's it going to mean for Google and all the other uh, great things out there? And, uh, you know, when we think about, you know, uh, Google and what they're doing, we don't always think about things from a political perspective. But, you know, this is getting very political, ladies and gentlemen. I have to share this with you. And uh, as much as Google wants to stay out of that political limelight, I don't think they're going to be able to avoid it. I mean, maybe they can hide searches on their web pages, but the true stories are going to show up on Bing and other search engines out there, right? All right. So something else that's really important is uh, we know Amazon's been trying to go for everything, like they're trying to be everything to everyone, and that's a that that that's a huge, huge problem. I mean, a really uh, huge problem. So um, think about that for a second and what that means. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? I know it sounds interesting. What does that really mean to you? I guess is I guess is the question that I I, I want to ask. What does that really mean to you? What does that really really mean to you? Think about that just for a moment. I know it sounds a little bit challenging, but in truth of everything, it's not challenging. Why? Well, I believe it's not challenging because, you see, Amazon tries to get their hands in every little thing they can. I mean, everything they can. They just keep trying, left and right. But at the end of the day, Amazon is just trying to get more power. And Amazon had been very uh, vigilant in wanting to get into the medical space. I mean, they were like going after everyone to get into the medical space. But you know what's happening now, ladies and gentlemen? Amazon. Yes, Amazon is doing something very interesting. They're shutting down. What are they shutting down? Wait, I'm going to tell you. Amazon is shutting down its telehealth service. Now, that sounds pretty crazy. Why would they do this? Well, they announced earlier this week, and I quote, they said it's shutting down its telehealth service, Amazon Care, as they called it as the company rethinks its approach for expanding into the healthcare industry, close quote. So maybe they're realizing that there's more things that could implicate them into some problems. Or maybe they are 
Not sure this is the right way to go. Maybe that's the whole issue. I'm not sure. But I know that they're pulling back for a reason. They're investigating in other areas. And Amazon said, and I quote, it had entered into an agreement to acquire one medical in an all cash deal valued at approximately $3.9 billion. The membership-based primary care services promised customers 24-7 access to virtual care and operated in dozens of major U.S. markets. Amazon Care, One Medical Works with companies to offer health benefits to their employees. Something went wrong. We don't exactly know what, but we know for Amazon to pull out, something happened. Something happened. But I don't think they're giving up quite yet. I think they're trying to discover their place and where they belong or maybe where they don't belong. I honestly don't think they belong in the health space. That's kind of like going to your um, local um, store that sells, um, let's say, uh, groceries. And saying, hey, while I'm here, uh, can I pick up some lumber and some siding for my house? No. Now, they might have people there trying to rep out those services, but they don't directly sell them in the store. But they are repping them out, like Costco, BJ's. I mean, they're doing things like air conditioning. So... I guess it's not totally off base, but I feel that when the company is getting too involved, like in something as uh, a health matter, that's a problem. We already know what challenges we have with Amazon when you call them and how they say they're sorry about this one. And they really can't do much. Their hands are like tied. It's a call center. And all they can do is appease you to death, which I think is just terrible. I think they need to stay out of the medical field. I mean, really stay out of the medical field. And I hope they stay out of the medical field. I hope that the federal government says that, hey, they've got too much of a monopoly and they don't deserve or should ever be given any kind of leniency to enter or any kind of benefit or tax benefit or anything to go into the medical industry. I just don't believe it. The way Amazon treats its employees, and I'm not going to go down that road tonight, we've seen that several people have died. I mean, just... Not too long ago, there was a gentleman that was on the floor for almost 45 minutes before somebody actually called for help. I mean, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. All right. So uh, lots of things are happening with Amazon and uh, different providers. But here's something very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. There is a new type of art an interactive art piece called In Frontinal. 
You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Explores the connection between humans and AI or artificial intelligence. Now this new this artist uh, that is hoping to explore the potential bias of algorithms and how they can be optimized for efficiency over the well-being of humans. He's trying to create a type of artwork that can be expressed by people's movements, their sounds, and maybe even the electrical stimulus from their brain. They're not there yet, but I would be a bit surprised if they're going there. And it causes a generator to create things on a screen. Now, when we think about art, art is usually something that's drawn. It could be abstract, right? But In Frontinal is an artistic project led by Luke Amado, a Parisian multidisciplinary artist who works at the intersection of digital arts, electronic music, and interaction design. And after studying visual arts, computer graphics, and digital communication, he founded a social media agency and worked as a new media expert before launching a production structure for digital art and interactive experiences. Is this going to be a breath of fresh air? It's definitely going to have, I should say, a very core purpose. But it's also going to be different each time because every person is different, allowing it to create art based on people's own personality and how they interact. We remember many years ago when um, the first speaker came out and uh, it had all kinds of um, patterns that would follow the pitch, the tone, and the frequency of the music, including the beat. And this became really interesting. But I think this is like touching that um, level much deeper, much deeper. So an interactive art piece in Frontinal that is actually making a difference today. I mean, did you ever think something like this would be around? Did you? Did you think that anything like this would ever exist? That might be a, a hard question to answer but the fact that they're doing stuff and changing things I think that's pretty cool and the fact that we have the ability now to use different things I just think that's so cool. Interactive art piece. 
exploring the connection between humans and artificial intelligence. I think when we learn what makes each of us different, we're able to appreciate that. And I think what he's doing with creating art that basically is created by a person without having to be an artist. So I think that's a really cool thing. Really, really cool thing. Uh, so definitely check out, um, you know, the interactive art piece in Fraternal because some of the stuff it does is wild. I mean, just having the ability to have um, a myriad of uh, things that use music, visuals, possibly your hand gestures. I talked about sound, maybe even the electrical impulses from our brain. to perform these breathtaking compositions. Uh, Amado uses software called Touch Designer to create the spectacular digital imagery in real time. So he's creating the type of art, but the actual characteristic that makes it different from each other of the same type is gonna be cool. And you're not going to have to be an artist to know how to create with it. That, I feel, is absolutely amazing. So check that out. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So there's a lot evolving, uh, not just art, but there are so many things happening in our lives. And if you have been, let's say, a hater of the QR codes, well, I got some news for you. QR codes are here to stay and becoming mainstream. Yes, QR codes, they're here to stay. In fact, Instagram recently launched uh, a new feature that you can generate QR codes with Instagram Reels, really simply. You can go to your Reel, click on the dot, three dots, And you can share out the QR code for people to go to. And I think this is amazing. You can make your Instagram QR code part of your business operation scheme. You can promote your QR code on other social media. You can insert your QR code to campaigns such as fundraising, donations, wildlife conservation, and the list goes on and on. The fact that Instagram is now supporting QR codes and making it so easy to turn anything into a QR code. I think that's wild. That is just amazing. And we all know that whatever Instagram does and whatever takes off, it's going to cause people to latch onto it. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if our friends at Facebook or Meta these days come up with something as well. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I would not be a bit surprised if they do that. That's pretty cool, John. That's way cool if you ask me. Think about that for a moment.
Let's think about that for a second. And I think you're going to blow your mind. Knowing that QR codes, they've always been around, but now they're being embraced more. And I think when social media says, hey, this is what we want to do. I think the rest of the world wakes up and says, you know what? Yeah, that's the path we want to go on. That's the path we want to go on. That's pretty cool, John. I mean, taking a look at what's going on is so wild. I mean, it really is. Understanding where we are makes a huge difference in our lives. And being able to come up with a QR code and using that QR code, ladies and gentlemen, to immediately, like that, direct you to a video, to an image, that's what makes a difference in life. That's what makes a difference in life. And when you can do that, the world changes. When social media decides to say, hey, this is what we're following. This is the way we're doing it. Now everyone else wants to jump on board because they know it's going to be adapted and people are going to all want to be a part of this. So QR codes are here. They're on all my business cards. They've been on them for a while. But a lot of people don't know what QR is, and they don't understand how powerful it is. You all know that you could scan my hat and go to my uh, link tree very easily, which is also the same as going to BelieveMeAchieve.com. But I can't tell you how many people I bump into like, oh, can I scan you? Yeah, sure. And it creates a very interesting dynamic that gets people to want to engage with you and your content. I've said once before, we want to get content in front of people, right? We want to get content in front of people. We want to attract them, right? We want to engage them, and we want to delight them on a regular basis. Content shouldn't sell. It should get people's curiosity aroused so they want to dig deeper or have a, a conversation that will get them to learn more and potentially see that you can solve their problem. And then they're going to want to do business with you. That's the power. Just don't use social media to sell. Use it to stimulate interest. That's the key.
Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right. Thinking about everything that's been going on, a lot has been going on, right? And uh, California's been a little bit fed up. Well, California clears the way to ban new gas car sales. Where's this coming from? Well, they really had it. <laughs> and the California Air Rescue Board um, voted uh, not ago to phase out the sale of new gasoline-powered cars in the Golden State, California. This full effect, or the binding of it, won't take effect for a little bit more than 12 years, which will be at about 2035. And it will require most new cars and trucks sold in California to run exclusively on electricity or hydrogen. The regulation will be phased in gradually, but until then, it includes an exception for plug-in hybrids, allowing them to make up as much as 20% of new car sales, even after 2035. Interesting. So this regulation is being put out because they want to keep their environment more green. That's pretty impressive. Will other states do that? You know, I don't know. I don't know if they will or they won't, but California is a big enough state that if it sticks there, other states, I believe, will follow suit. Definitely a great way to preserve um, our resources in the world. All right. Now, you've heard me talk before about robots. This is not new. Um, and uh, I want to share with you something really uh, quite interesting. And I call it the good and bad of robots operating in the real world. So the real world, not the metaverse, not uh, this pseudo reality, the real world. And, um, you know, you've got robots out there now that can deliver food and be as simple as a table with a screen. And it can basically roll around and deliver the food to the appropriate person. They can have screens so they can take payments and things like that. But one of the trickiest parts, and I want to quote uh, the author, Brian Heater, uh, from Actuator, is that 
setting real expectations. The job of writing about robots for a living is a bit of a balancing act between the excited optimism and the pragmatic realism, close quote. The thing that he brings to light is that, you know, you might see something in a lab or at a university. And you think it's going to be on the street tomorrow or next week, but it's not. There is a big delay factor in the time from R&D to the final prototype to the actual manufactured robot. Robots can do so many things, right? Um, they can um, carry food around, right? But where else are robots going? Well, ROI, as he says, is a tricky thing. They have all kinds of pilots and programs to see, is this going to work? Is it cost effective? And is it going to satisfy our clients? But he raises another concern, which is important. Is to understand the technology and how it can directly address staff shortages plaguing our restaurants today. So, of course, this is a setback. And Chili's had agreed to bring um, these bots to around 60 locations just before the start of the Hotchman's tenure. And it's interesting, the fact that they want to do this, that means that you're going to be going to a restaurant soon. And a robot might be delivering your food. I don't know if they're going to take your order, but I do believe they're going to deliver your food. So now my question is, if that happens, you don't tip the robot. Will people tip less money because the robot's delivering the food and not the server? Hmm. That's a very interesting question. People are very smart. And they understand where robots can go. Some of the society mismatches and what it means in things like the medical field, right? There are lots of potential technologies where robots can go, even in the world of... Um, Office of Emergency Management, making sure uh, an area is safe. Maybe the fire department checking to see that there's nobody else that's unconscious or alive in the building so that the officers can get out of the building quickly and those firefighters and not have to risk their life because there's nobody really in the building. So we've seen lots of companies out there. Um, that have entertained us, thrilled us, and really educate us on things that might not have been possible because 
they create a personal experience. A personal experience. I want to ask you a question. Suppose you were at Chili's or you were at Applebee's or you were at some other restaurant. Maybe it was your favorite steak restaurant. And imagine you placing this order. And five or ten minutes later, this robotic table rolls out and says, your food. And it literally goes to each person. Maybe they might have a bunch of them. Maybe it'll have several trays. And maybe it'll say something like, uh, please take your tray on shelf five or something. So I think they're testing the whole concept of running. I also believe that we're going to see robots be more involved with busing. Because that's not a human job so much, right? Robots are being brought into our world to get rid of those mundane tasks that can injure people, cause stress, and other harm, whether it's physical or mental. Because a robot just does the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. It never gets tired. It never asks, hey, do you still want me to do that again? Very interesting, right? But just thinking of a uh, robot-type tray system, which basically looks like a, a tiered uh, set of shelves, rolling out to you. And then you pick the food. I don't know. There's a company that recently uh, started working on this, and it's called uh, Bear. Uh, you may or may not have heard of them before. They're called Bear Robotics. So Bear Robotics is designed to offer greater efficiency and a guest experience with the aid of a robot. They call their robot serving. You could elevate the customer experience and combat staffing shortages with serving. A low-cost food running robot and busing solution. So that means that you could have the table all bussed by somebody and then survey will take it back to the kitchen. Survey is a robot that literally moves food or plates from one place to another. It's not as robust as these other robots that you've seen, but this has a very specific purpose. Survey has the capacity and care to deliver the heaviest drink orders, making first impressions a breeze. People still have to know which drink is theirs, right? I think it has potential. I do believe that 
it's going to disconnect us from the human element of going to a restaurant. So Servi is a state-of-the-art restaurant service robot that creates exceptional dining experiences, according to Bear Robotics, by eliminating repetitive work for your employees. The restaurant robot allows your service staff to breathe easy, free from the constant back and forth of busing tables, running food, and delivering drinks, so that you can focus on the most important factor in the food industry establishment, the customer. But is that really what it's doing? Is this automation the solution for restaurants? The serving robot is equipped with something called LiDAR cameras for nimble and safe navigation. So it won't trip over structures in your restaurant, such as booths and other chairs and tables, and even guests. It allows it to navigate through a very hectic and busy dining environment without ever causing a spill or a scene. And thus, your service never gets halted. So with multi-robot mode, you could easily sync an entire fleet of survey robots for faster service as your business grows. So let's say you go out to dinner and survey now delivers, let's say, eight orders or 10 orders. So 10 robots literally go to each, each person gets a robot and the food goes right to them. Pretty cool. But are restaurants going to use serving? That's my question. So Bear has currently partnered with Chili's, Compass Group, Denny's, Marriott, and Pepsi. And they're here to target restaurant staffing shortages. Uh, there's a spice restaurant in Boston uh, that is using um, robots in their robotic kitchen. We'll talk more about that on other shows, but they've actually designed robots now that are just the arms to do the maneuvering and to be able to work alongside a human being so that it doesn't need its own space. Like many years ago, you had to have a special retrofitted kitchen. Now you're probably asking me, are there any restaurants that have robots that are waiters? So there's a robot named Pearl, and it's a delivering food right now at local restaurants in uh, Bradentown, um, Florida. And at Anna Maria's Ostabar in Brandonton. And um, they said business is better than it's ever been before. But a worker shortage was slowing things down. So the owner turned to technology for help. I think it's great to use technology, but I just fear that people might be using this as a crutch. So you might be saying, how much does one of these um, robot waiters actually cost? I know you're probably asking that question. So at a quick glance, 
restaurants are looking to save money during the pandemic, right? As we know, and kind of hopefully in a remission state. It caused a financial strain in almost every sector of life. And Survey, a server robot, costs just under $1,000, $999 per month or $12,000 a year. So what they're doing is they're offering Survey as robot as a service, RAS. And so the restaurant can actually use the robot when they need it, not have to buy it forever. So restaurants can hire a $1,000 a month robot waiter leading to tip surges, right? But the question you might be saying, John, is the robot restaurant really worth it? Well, robot restaurant is actually worth the time and money. It's, uh, it totally is unlike anything else you've probably seen. Now, we talked about survey, which is one type of restaurant, but let's talk about robot uh, it's called robot restaurant all right so robot restaurant is another type of uh, of robot for restaurants and so when we think about that um let's think about what robot restaurant can do so robot restaurant is different than what we just talked about okay it's different than the robot that just kind of moves around, right? And so understanding what robot restaurant can do is pretty interesting. Now, robot restaurant was actually shown at the New York uh, restaurant show not too long ago. And so my question is, how accurate is robot restaurant? And are people going to feel comfortable ordering with a robot? Well, New York's first robot server is now waiting tables in Staten Island. New York City's first robot server waiting tables on Staten Island um, you can basically wink at her. You can smile at her, whatever you'd like to do. Um, and uh, this device, this robot, basically captures the order. So what we're doing is we're taking the concept of a point of sale system and we're putting it into a robot. So now we're getting the guests and the robot to interact. And so there isn't that step where the waiter or server has to go and key in the information to the POS. So that's what's happening by robot restaurant. And then the fact that it also can serve the food is pretty cool, right? You put the food on it, brings it out. But again, are people in our world really ready for this? I have to say no. I think... I like the idea that a robot should be behind the scenes and it should help to do the tasks that we don't want humans to do all the time. That's what I think robots are great for. But I think the minute that we start saying a robot needs to replace a human being, we're taking 10 steps backward. Now, whether the robot can do it or not is one thing, 
do we want to be a society that is constantly doing business with non-human beings? I'd say no. So you might say to me, John, well, we have ATMs. Yeah, but that's different. You go to the ATM, it has one purpose. You can make a deposit, you can make a withdrawal. That's what it does. It doesn't tie your shoes. It doesn't comb your hair. I mean, I'm being facetious here. But when you go to the restaurant and you ask, you know, what's on the menu and your server could tell you some things, now the robot could too, but the robot's going to be a lot more limited. Of course, when we grow into artificial intelligence and things like that, but the fact that it can take the order and put it in, I mean, that's pretty cool. I think the robot is great in the back end to make the products or help with the services, but then have the human beings be the one that finally serves the product. Like maybe in the case of runners, the robots could bring the food up to what I'll call the prep area, okay? Or, or the after prep area. Then the waiters could take the food right from there. Instead of having to deal with the kitchen, there could be like a midway point in, in the restaurant. There might be a couple of those. And then when the robot is there, it could possibly page them or alert them and they could go get the order. And I think that would be much more personable. And they could have these waiting areas, maybe three or four at a restaurant, and they would all be behind a wall. So this way, no one sees that it's the robot. And then they would, the person would actually take the food and hand it to them. So I think that's what I would like to see, you know, uh, because I know when I go to a restaurant, I want to interact with human beings. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at the top of our hour. I don't know where our time goes. I had another amazing show with you guys. And I know that you did as well. Listen, if you're looking to become a guest on Jmore Tech Talk, just go to jmor.com, click on reach out at the top right corner, make the choice to become a guest, fill an application. Now, we don't actually take everyone on the air, um, but uh, make your best pitch. And if we're interested, we'll get back to you, uh, either asking you some more information or we'll set up a guest pre-interview. After that, if we think you're a great fit, we'll send you a non-disclosure a paper that you need to sign, send it back to us with your headshot, some other information, and we'll get you on the show probably in about three to four months. Remember, our show is not about selling. It's about helping people by delivering information that can aid my life, your life, and everyone that we care so much about. Ladies and gentlemen, I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. It has been amazing being with you on this last Friday of August 22nd. Oh, next week is September 2nd. Are you ready for that? I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And remember to check out all my other great content at Believe, B-E-L-I-E-V-E, me, M-E, Achieve, A-C-H-I-E-V.com. That's BelieveMeAchieve.com. You'll be prepared for some other great content like science, uh, super motivational, business coaching, and everything has a lesson in it to improve the quality of your life. Again, thanks for taking the time this Friday night or whenever to watch the show live or the replay because I know you appreciate the content that we're bringing you. And we've got some great guests coming up in the next few months, so stay tuned for that. I will see you guys next week, September 2nd, Friday. Until then, 
I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and enjoy the show and the content that I put forward. And we'll see you on another Jay Moore Tech Talk show real soon. Take care, everyone. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.